Jenny, I suppose you all do know They have tried to bust the union But they find it is no go The Yankee boys are starting out the union for to save And we're marching down to Washington To fight for Uncle Abe Rip, rap, flip, flap, strap your knapsacks on your back For we're a to Washington to fight for Uncle Abe Welcome back to another exciting episode of Mr. Cornwell's Corner. Today we are featuring the assassination of Abraham Lincoln, the 16th president of the United States and the first to be assassinated while in office. Okay, so um, we're going to break this down into a few parts. Part one, we're going to talk about the overview of what happened that day and the original plan. Part two, we're going to talk about the change of plans and the actual assassination. Then part three, we're going to discuss the hunt for the killers and the aftermath of what happens afterwards. Okay, so let's start with the overview, just the basics of Lincoln's assassination. Um, Abraham Lincoln was assassinated at Ford's Theater in Washington on Friday night, April 14th at 10.15 p.m. He was shot at exactly 10.15 p.m., April 14th. 1865, which was five days after Lee surrendered to Grant. His body was taken from Ford's Theater across the street to the Peterson Boarding House, which is like a motel, hotel, basically. They, were, they wanted to take him to the White House. They were afraid he wouldn't make the trip all the way back. So they took him across the street. Uh, Lincoln never regained consciousness after being shot, but he died at 7.22 a.m., on Saturday, April 15th, or about what, do the math, 10 to 7 is like nine hours after he was shot. He never regained consciousness. So Lincoln was assassinated by John Wilkes Booth, who was a famous stage actor, Shakespearean-style stage actor, and came from a famous acting family. His father and brother were actors as well. He was young. He's only 23 years old. And um, he's from Maryland, and he is a Southern sympathizer. His entire family supported the Union, except for him. He was a Southern sympathizer. Okay? So that, that's what happened that night. Um, John Wilkes Booth himself was captured um, and killed in a shootout with a cavalry unit after Lincoln's assassination. So we'll get to all that. So the basics overview, Abraham Lincoln, first president assassinated, was shot by a famous actor, John Wilkes Booth, and died on April 15th, 1865. All right, well, let's take a short commercial break to get, hear from our sponsors. So we um, appreciate everybody that sponsors the show. So the first sponsor of this show will be the Springfield Rifle Company. So we'll pause and be right back after the short commercial from the Springfield Rifle Company. Be sure the next time you are in Massachusetts to stop by the Springfield Rifle Company, the manufacturer and maker of the Springfield 1861 model, which was the most commonly used weapon for the Union Army during the Civil War. It was noted for its range, it could be fired from two to 400 yards and up to 500 yards by marksmen. 
in its accuracy. It was deadly efficient and its reliability. Um, the Spring, the 1861 model Springfield fired a 58 caliber Manet ball and weighed approximately nine pounds, which made it heavy enough but lightweight enough to be easily maneuvered, even carried on horseback. It came with two lift up sights one to be used up to 300 yards and another to be used up to 500 yards. So, next time you're looking for your rifle, be sure you get a Springfield 1861 model, the one that was trusted the most by the Union Army during the Civil War. All right, welcome back. Hope you enjoyed that message. Um, let's get into part two. We've talked about the overview. Oh, we didn't hit the original plan. So let's go ahead and do the original plan and then start part two. Uh, the original plan was not to execute Lincoln. The original plan was to kidnap Abraham Lincoln. So John Wilkes Booth had some conspirators that met with him. Um, one of his best friends was a guy named John Surratt, and they used to meet at his mother's boarding house in Maryland, who is Mary Surratt. So they had several meetings there during the war and discussed plans to kidnap Lincoln. The goal was to originally kidnap the President of the United States, take him down somewhere in Virginia, hide him out, and hold him ransom and tell the Union Army to call off the war and let the South go. Kind of a crazy plot, but that was the plot. Now, of course, the original plan loses steam after the South loses, the Confederacy loses the Civil War. So therefore, um, John Wilkes Booth is pretty upset, despondent, after Lee surrenders to Grant. So instead of kidnapping Lincoln, the plan changes. So let's talk about the change of plans. Uh, John Wilkes Booth travels a lot. He doesn't really have a house, but when he's not performing, because stage actors travel, um, he stays in a hotel in Washington, D.C. And Ford's Theater was a pretty famous theater in Washington. And that was actually like John Wilkes Booth's home theater. Like everybody knew him. He knew everybody there. And that Friday morning on April 14th, um, he was there to pick up his mail because that's where he had his mail sent. And that's where he first learns in the morning that Lincoln is going to come to Ford's Theater. And Lincoln is going to watch a famous play called Our American Cousin starring Laura Keene. And this is the 1,000th performance, and they're going to retire. Like, Laura Keene came out of retirement for this. So Lincoln decides to go see that. Lincoln is supposed to be accompanied by his wife, Mary Todd, and by General Grant and his wife, Julia Grant. So the four of them are supposed to go to Ford's Theater that night and watch Our American Cousin. It is a British farce or comedy, and it makes fun of the United States. Lincoln's seen it before. He thinks it's funny. He likes it, so he wants to go see it. Okay? So um, once Booth hears of that, he calls a quick meeting, and the people who are in town, his co-conspirators that day, were a gentleman by the name of Davy Harold, another gentleman by the name of Lewis Powell or Lewis Payne. He goes by either name. And George Atzerott. So the four of them meet in a hotel room, and that's where John Wilkes Booth tells them the plan has changed from kidnap to murder. So here's the new plan. Once Booth realizes Lincoln's going to be at Ford's, that gives him close access to Lincoln because that's his home theater. So he says, I will execute the President of the United States tonight during the play. And the reason he picks 10, 15 p.m. precisely 
is because he's been in this play himself before. He knows the play well, and he knows exactly at 10, 15 p.m., one of the funniest lines of the play is going to be delivered, and everybody will be laughing. So he's going to wait for the laughter to drown out some of the shot, you know, the sound of the shot. So that's his plan. He'll go to Ford's and assassinate Abraham Lincoln. Um, with him is, is um, let's see, and then Lewis Powell or Lewis Payne, he, his job is to go assassinate the Secretary of State, William Seward. Um, and since Lewis Powell does not know his way around Washington, D.C., Davy Harold is assigned to escort him there on horseback, hold his horse while he goes into the Secretary of State Seward's mansion and executes him and then escort him out because Powell doesn't know the way out of Washington. And then the third guy, George Atzerott, his assignment that night is to go to a hotel where Vice President Andrew Johnson is staying, knock on the door. When he opens the door, shoot and kill him. So if everything goes as planned on April the 14th, 1865, the president, the vice president, and the secretary of state will all be executed that night. Booth does this because he believes those people are the most responsible. Lincoln, he hates as the guy who ended the confederacy uh johnson is the traitor to the south because he's from tennessee a southern state but he's the only u.s senator that stayed loyal to the union when his home state left and um so he believes he's a traitor to the south and william seward he believes secretary of state is one of the chief architects of the union victory as well so that was the plan that night to execute the president vice president and the secretary of state okay so how did it go well, you know, Booth did his part. He went to Ford's Theater at exactly 10.15 p.m. He shot Lincoln, who was in the presidential booth. He hops over the presidential booth. Um, he clips his heel of his boot on a portrait of George Washington and lands awkwardly on the stage and breaks his lower leg. And then he shouts out, and there's a little discrepancy of what he says, but most people there that night said that he said, sick Semper Tyrannus, which means down with tyrants, and also happens to be the Virginia state motto. Um, others say he said the South was avenged, the South is avenged. And then he runs off the stage, hops on a horse, and rides out. And the plan is for all of them to meet, they'll leave D.C. immediately because they know D.C. will go on lockdown and meet um, over a bridge in Maryland, get out of town. So, um, when Booth does this, originally, some people start clapping because they have no idea. He just shot the president of the United States. This is a special performance of our American cousin. And Booth's been in the play before, so they think they're just kind of adding a new wrinkle to it. Within seconds, someone shouts out, the president's been shot, pandemonium at Ford's Theater. That's when Lincoln's body is taken across to uh, uh, the Peterson boarding house. And he does not die until 7.22 a.m. the next morning on April 15th. Um, over at Seward's mansion, William Seward is in bed resting. He was in a carriage accident, and he's resting, and he's got doctor's orders and taking medicine. So Lewis Powell and Davy Harold go there. Powell tries to get in through a ruse of got medicine for him from his doctor. They won't let him in, so he forces his way in. And um, his gun jams, so Powell gets up to Seward, who's laying in bed, and Seward has like a harness on 
because he had been injured in a carriage accident. He's an older man. And when his pal, when Powell's gun jams, Powell proceeds to jump on top of him and beat the living daylights out of him with his gun and a knife. So he brutally beats William Seward. Okay, during the attack, Seward suffers a stroke. Okay, so if you look at any pictures of William Seward from after the attack, because he's the guy who goes on to negotiate the purchase of Alaska three years later. He survives. He doesn't die that night. But um, the doctors believe what saved his life was that harness that was supporting his back um, because he took quite a beating, suffered a stroke, and he's got a droop on his right side of his face, and you can see knife marks on his face after that attack. So while he didn't die, he was brutally attacked. Okay, and um, the third guy, George Atzerott, was supposed to assassinate Johnson. Well, he goes to the bar a little early at the hotel, has a couple shots of whiskey, and loses his nerve. He never even knocks on the door. He just goes home, disappears into the night. So John Wilkes Booth and Davy Harold wind up meeting over in Maryland. The other two, Lewis Powell and George Atzerott, do not get out of Washington, D.C. They're just hiding in D.C. All right, we'll be right back after the short commercial break, and we're going to pick up with the hunt for John Wilkes Booth and the other assassins and the aftermath, what happens to him afterwards. So please enjoy this message. This one's from one of our key sponsors, Ford's Theater in Washington, D.C. Be sure to stop by the next time you're in Washington, D.C. and support Ford's Theater, which is the place where Abraham Lincoln was assassinated, shot on April the 14th, 1865. Be sure you get by and see this historic site. Ford's Theater was a famous theater in Washington, D.C., and it is now set up for tourists to visit. Lincoln was there that night watching a famous play called Our American Cousin, starring Laura Keene, one of the famous actresses of that day. And Our American Cousin was a British farce, and, which is a comedy. And Abraham Lincoln loved comedies. So he made sure he was there for that. And that's where he was shot and killed by John Wilkes Booth. So the next time you're in Washington, D.C., make sure you come on by Ford's Theater and see the historic spot where Abraham Lincoln was the first president assassinated. All right, welcome back. I hope you enjoyed that. And make your plans to get up to Washington, D.C. And make sure you stop by Ford's Theater when you do. All right, so at this point, we know the president has been shot, but not dead. We know the secretary of state has been brutally beaten, but not dead. And Johnson, nothing's happened to him. The guy who was supposed to assassinate him just lost his nerve and never did. So Booth and Harold wind up meeting in Maryland. They hide out in pine thickets because they're searching for him. Calvary, Army, searching for these killers. So they're hiding out. They, Booth thinks he's going to be hailed a hero in the South. So when they're in hiding for five days, basically in the pine thickets, which is they're waiting across the Potomac River into Virginia, but it's too hot. If they go out now, they'll be captured. So there's hiding in the woods. So um, the only thing he asked for, because if you remember, his original plan was to kidnap. So he had people set up along the line to help him. Well, now that kidnap route becomes his escape route. 
So there are Southern sympathizers who are helping Booth along the way. The only thing Booth asked for was newspapers. Uh, Booth wanted to see, because he didn't know if Lincoln died or lived. He didn't know if Seward died. He didn't know if John died. He had no idea. All he knows is he shot Lincoln. So once he gets the newspapers, that's when Booth realizes for the first time that Lincoln died, Seward did not, and nothing happened to Johnson. And he also realizes he's not going to go in history as a hero to the South, that he's going to go into um, history as a murderer of Abraham Lincoln. He is denounced for this even in the South. So Booth, while he's on the hunt, while he's on the run, and he survives 12 days after this, he's not captured and killed until the 26th. Um, Booth keeps a little diary and basically tries to justify what he did and why he did it because he knows afterwards that he's not going to go down in history like he thought he would as a hero for the South. So, so Booth and Harold, they make their way to Virginia eventually, and the cavalry catches up with them uh, in southwest Virginia at a, a guy by the name of uh, Old Man Garrett, Mr. Garrett's farm. He has a tobacco barn, and tobacco barns um, had space between the boards of the barn because tobacco would need to be in there and dry out and cure so it had to breathe so you could put a gun between the slats of the barn so on the 26th which is 12 days after he shot lincoln the cavalry catches up with booth and davy harold in the middle of the night and they surround them in old man Garrett's tobacco barn and ask them to surrender. Well, they have a standoff for several hours. Booth refuses to surrender. Davy Harold does surrender and comes out and gives himself up. Booth refuses to, and now it's almost daylight. And the problem they have now is when the sun comes out, the cavalry is going to be exposed because Booth will be able to see them, but they can't see him in the dark barn, and he'll be able to fire at them. They know they can kill him, but they've got orders to bring him back alive the government wants to prosecute him for the murder but if they allow him to live in there and he doesn't surrender then they're going to expose the cavalry to fire and they're going to lose soldiers so when the sun starts to come out they give him his final warning he refuses so they set the barn on fire uh, as a last ditch effort to get him out and take him alive and a gentleman by the name of boston corbett is with the cavalry that day and he's assigned to the back of the barn he says he saw booth coming towards the door and raising his pistols so he shoots him so boston corbett shoots john wilkes booth in the neck john wilkes booth drops they drag his body out they take him over to mr garrett's front porch and on april the 26th um about seven o'clock in the morning john wilkes booth dies so he only lives 12 days after Lincoln, and he was assassinated by Boston Corbett. Um, he, the sh shot doesn't kill him instantly, but it paralyzes him from the neck down. So John Wilkes Booth, being the Shakespearean actor, the drama king all of his life, um, at the very end of his life, he can't move his hands. So he asked one of the members of the cavalry if he could see his hands. So they raise his hands up, and Booth looks at them, and says useless useless and then dies um drama king to the very end so what happens to the rest the other conspirators davy harold george atzerott and lewis powell are all arrested okay with also if you remember mary surratt owned the boarding house that they met at 
So she was arrested because they believe she knew about the plot and was part of it and could have told it and did not. So the four of them, Davy Harold, George Atzerott, Lewis Powell, and Mary Surratt, the four of them, three guys and one lady, are put on trial for the assassination of Abraham Lincoln. They are found guilty, and they are punished to hang, and the four of them are hung, which means Mary Surratt becomes the first lady ever executed by the federal government as part of the aftermath or the, of the plot to assassinate Abraham Lincoln. And um, you spell her name, Mary Surratt, S-U-R-R-A-T-T. Okay, so Booth was shot and killed 12 days after by Boston Corbett. The other conspirators were put on trial and hung a few months later for this plot to assassinate the President of the United States. All right, so I hope you enjoyed that. I hope you got something out of it. So we're going to leave you with um, a, a song here. It's called Lift Every Voice and Sing. It is often referred to as the Black National Anthem. It was written originally as a poem, and where it gets association with Lincoln is in 1919, they're celebrating Lincoln's birthday, and the NAACP is a relatively new organization at that time period. And in 1919, as part of Lincoln's birthday celebration, they play this song, Lift Every Voice and Sing, and in 1919, it starts to be associated with NAACP, and they call it the Black National Anthem. And it's been that ever since. So enjoy, and we'll see you next time on Mr. Cordenwell's Corner.
Tune, tune.